This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> we want to thank, as we always do, Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Uh, Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. Thank you so much, Central Works, for sponsoring the Yay. And we have, a, we have a special guest, Katya Rivera. Katya, how Hi. are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, pandemic and smoke <laughs> aside. Right, exactly, exactly. There's so many things. And Norman and I were talking a couple of days ago how every week there's something strange going on. Oh, it's, something it's, happens Monday or Tuesday and you think, oh, shit, that's the, that's the story this week. And by Friday. <laughs> it's something completely different. Yeah, Everybody we're, in the Rose Garden sick. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The number, as a matter of fact, this morning it was, um, I think the latest person is Chris Christie. Yes. Yes. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. That's okay. Science exists. Right. I I put up a a YouTube video, uh, not a YouTube, but a a Facebook post saying that, you know, I don't wish ill on the president, although he, you know, has done really bad things. Uh, And of course, I got a little bit of blowback because, you know, people, people are upset. They're, they're, you know, they're emotionally invested and either loving or hating the president. In any case, yeah. as, I forget, as I forget every um, podcast, Norman, how was your week? My week was ridiculously quiet. Um, yeah, I didn't, get, I didn't get a lot to do this week. I, oh, holy cow. So the big thing of my week was, so my sister, did I tell the story last week? I took clarinet when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. and I quit going into high school. My sister apparently kept my clarinet, and when her daughter was big enough, she gave her the clarinet, and she started playing. And she got good enough that they went out and they bought her a nice clarinet, like a professional-level clarinet. Being a child, she sat on it and broke it. So my wife takes that clarinet and my clarinet to this guy. You know, he says, yeah, he looks at the, the good, the fancy clarinet and says, oh, yeah, I should be able to fix this. You know, it's a really good clarinet, so let me try and fix it. And she says, oh, can you check this one out, too, just just because. So he gives her a loner. Now, this is probably when my niece was in high school or maybe even before. And she's now about 30. She's over 30. <laughs> so my sister has apparently been holding on to this loner all these years. Never went back. The guy never got in touch with her. She never checked back with him. So she says, I'm going to send you this clarinet. And I'm like, well, okay, if it's better than what I got, hallelujah, I'll I'll take it. And what a nice birthday present. So uh, she said she was sending it last week. I don't hear it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Finally, she, like, sent me a message asking me about it. Oh, I sent a message saying, thank you so much. That was so thoughtful. And she says, oh, did you get it? And I'm like, no, I haven't gotten it yet. So just like yesterday, I get a message from them saying, you haven't gotten it yet? It's, they say FedEx says it was delivered. I'm like, it wasn't delivered here. They sent it to my old address. Ah. No signature. Left it on the porch. Yeah, that happens to me too. Uh, so, I, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, totally frustrated. What am I supposed to do about this? I can't do nothing. But I do actually have contacts over there, and I have a key. I still have a key. Yay. So I go over there, 
and I ring the buzzer from my old apartment, and somebody buzzes me in. Doesn't even ask me who I am. They just buzz me in. And I go up and I knock on the door, no answer. I start to leave, and then I'm like, wait a minute, you buzz me in. So I buzz again. They buzz me in again. I go up and I knock, and this time this young woman opens the door, and I tell her who I am and what I'm looking for. She says, no, I haven't seen anything. Very sincere. I'm like, okay, too bad, but okay. So Mara, thankfully, has been egging me on with all this, and she said, well, maybe you should put up a note asking people, say, lost package. I'm like, okay, I'm embarrassed at this point. I'm really embarrassed about this whole thing, <laughs> but sure, I'll try it. I put up a note, and last night, I mean, I was barely home. We, I think we might have had dinner. And then I get a message from my old neighbor who says, hey, I recognized your name on the package, so I grabbed it. I have it. So I went up last night. Right yeah, on. Happy ending. So now you can, yeah. We, uh, you and I were talking. As a matter of fact, that was happening while you and I were on the phone. And uh, I, I've had some issues with my emails. And so I've had some packages delivered. And uh, sometimes my email will go to spam. And I would have these uh, messages saying, oh, your package is here. You know, pick it up from, we have a little lockbox uh, at our okay. complex. And I'm like, okay, uh, do I have to reorder something? Did Amazon screw up or whatever? Is there something going on? I know there's right. a, email conspiracy, a mail conspiracy thing going on. Let's make a long story short. I just had to go into my spam, and I realized that I had a bunch of packages um, piling up. And wow. All that stuff. So ah. <laughs> You haven't had any horrid mail stories, have you, Katya? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not recently, but, but I've had them. I've had them where packages got lost and then i had to get you know replacements and then the originals came like six months later yeah exactly oh, wow. and then you realize you've wasted money unless you can get a refund <laughs> or something like that no they were advent calendars so i used them the next year oh, oh, there you go there you go oh you Switched like the advent them up, calendar to the other daughter Yay. i do i'm an i'm a gal for an advent calendar i i, I grew up <laughs> on them I, I i i have a fond spot yeah, the physical calendar. Yeah, that's something. That's a rare thing. I mean, people are. We have the, one. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, it's Popeye, who's one of my heroes. Like I was excited <laughs> when I saw it, and now I know. Always look, flip it over, look at that back page, and see what all those images are, because you're going to be seeing them all year. And they were lame. <laughs> like oh, okay, no, y'all, y'all could have done way better on Popeye. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's been a lot of current events. I mean, wow. I, I usually have a list and I had to throw the list away a couple of days ago because obviously, you know, the big thing is Trump had getting COVID-19 and the, the list just keeps piling on and on as far as you mean other Trump saying he has COVID-19. Oh, you think it's an October surprise? <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust him. Yeah. And I'm not the only one. I was so happy to jump on social media to see that response all over the place. Yeah. Kati, what do you think of just the whole thing of the debates? I mean, you know, I was going to talk about, you know, the reaction from the debates and uh, there's the Kimberly Guilfoyle thing that that's going on, uh, why she was fired from Fox. But just the whole thing. I mean, are you optimistic about the election? Um, how do you feel? I am. <laughs> I'm not optimistic, but I'm uh, hopeful, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful. Um, and uh, uh, today I looked up Stacey Abrams' uh, pack, 
yeah. which is about voter suppression. And I thought, that's where I want to give my money for the last month. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where my money's going. That and I'm that's doing the postcards one. to voters in mm -hmm. Kentucky right now. So I figure I'm doing action, with little action I can to keep the despair away. And yeah. I thought four years ago, I was just like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I, that really... That was a, a punch in the gut that I still haven't gotten, you know, right. it's, it's still sore. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah oh. for a lot of us, for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, so what was the Guilford foil thing? Oh, the, oh shucks. Well, I mean, it's, okay. So according to, I think it was the New York Times. So basically, Kimberly Guilford, I thought that she basically just left because Donald Jr. swept her off, her hair off her feet. And, you know, they, you know. It's never, never land in, in the White House. But apparently, uh, Kimberly Guilfoy was accused of sexual harassment to a female employee of hers. You were telling me this, yes. That's right, during Fox. And apparently, Fox paid off this employee $4 million. So, you know, Whoa. it's like, well, we didn't, you know, I didn't do it, but here's $4 million to keep your mouth shut. And obviously, that right. didn't work because we know about it. Right really lurid stuff i mean like her appearing naked you know and you know having the the insistence come to her house and showing pictures of the men that she's you know been with and all that sort of stuff really really seedy stuff salacious stuff and it's really potpourri because it it, fo it takes the focus away from the important stuff like i i was hoping that there would be a stimulus package a second stimulus package yeah and of course, the House passed it, but of course, it'll never get past the Senate. And I'm thinking, well, well but, um, but Mnuchin was in on this latest deal, so you would hope that him and the White House would put some pressure on. Yeah, and God knows, Mitch has got pressure on him right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a game of chicken. I know that Mnuchin met with uh, Pelosi, but you know, it was really, I don't know, just potpourri. I, I compare it to Kabuki theater. You know, it's just all, you know, it's a show to show your your voters. Yeah. You know, that you're working hard, but, you know, there's nothing, there's really no consensus. So that's, that's got right. me. Not now. saving people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I mean, we could jump right into an origin story or uh, oh. I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. Um, no, I, 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 yeah, this week is, I mean, to bring it local, it's just the air. You know, we're all like checking that map every day and trying to figure out whether you can go out and you look out the window and hey the sun is kind of there yeah yeah oh, the moon has been beautiful because of all this goddamn smoke in the air the moon has been gorgeous how's the yeah. how's, how's your breathing been katya um well i've been I, I was out of town until wednesday and i understand that's when it got the air got bad again i was in dc uh with my grandson and Yay. my daughter and son-in-law yeah uh, washington dc um, that's my that's my hometown that, uh, yeah oh i was in alexandria right on alexandria virginia baltimore. cool yeah yeah i spent a week in baltimore with my brother quarantined then went for two weeks with my grandson uh oh. but um yeah so i was there a long time i was there a long mm -hmm. long time so i i flew out on the orange wednesday you know that awful orange wednesday yeah. uh, i flew out of that and uh, um, I was talking to my brother yesterday, and he said, yeah, it's bad, but right now it kind of feels like L.A. in the 70s, uh, which normally Exactly. I, I mean, I grew <laughs> up down there, and that's, I see it yeah, me too. regularly, I me think. Me too. God. Yeah. I grew up near Pasadena, so Oh, well, that there. was a little better. I was in Claremont, so we're on the very edge of L.A. County, 
Uh-huh. And, you know, the stuff would just get caught against the hills. Well, you were there too, the foothills. Oh, yeah. That fucking smog would just park. You would see it descend in the morning. It'd just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I... Uh, uh, I wear the mask, you know, I wear the, the little gas masky things if I have to go out and it's uh, above 150. But I, you know, yeah. I've been unemployed since March. So um, uh, I haven't, I've been able to, you know, not have to go out too much. Uh, yeah. That's about to change. I'm about oh, to go yeah. What's up? There, uh, Alameda County is opening up massage. Uh, so I can go back to my health club and start. Pounding the flesh. Yay! Oh, is that what you do? Is that is that your uh, day job or? That's my day job. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, I always feel bad about. There was a uh, article today about uh, their airline employees who have been let go. I think twenty thousand yeah. from two major airlines, and CNN had videos of them just crying, just like right. uh, you know. So it's it's really hit you know economically and. Uh, mentally, physically, you know, there's been articles about um, people in the African-American community dealing with um, just uh, depression and, and that sort of stuff. So it's amazing yeah. how, I mean, this whole, all of 2020 has been sort of surrealism and just us right. dealing, slodging and going, getting through. In any case, uh, mm -hmm. let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's hear yeah, more about, so uh, we, go ahead. Yeah, we, we can jump in. Um, so, yeah, we, um, normally we ask our guests for an origin story and we will. But um, <laughs> as part of no, as part of the Bay Area Directors Summit, the Bad Summit, um, I wanted to make sure I got you on because I know you're out there and you're working in the trenches. So I want to make sure we get a chance to hear about that. But we always start with, how did you get into theater? Where are you from? I'm from Northeast LA. Uh, grew up in San Fernando Valley initially, and then. Uh, grew up in Northeast LA, uh, which is pretty heavily Hispanic, uh, but it was pretty, mm -hmm. it was a diverse community, um, uh, very diverse community. Uh, and I decided I wanted to do a play after I saw my cousin do a musical. Uh, and I was just thought, oh, I want to do that. Um, and then, so I took uh, theater in high school. Um, and my junior year, I was in a body cast for nine months because I had scoliosis surgery. Oh. I had a curvature of the spine. Right. So I couldn't be in any plays. So I wanted right. to do something. So I directed. Really? <laughs> I directed, yeah, I directed a show. Were you in a cast directing? Yeah, from here to my hips. Um, and uh, it was a really great experience. Um, I almost lost my toe in that first directing experience, which yeah. taught me theater can be dangerous because I had one of my actors move a piano and, and uh, she pushed the piano from the top and the piano started to fall over and me in my body cast tries to catch the piano. It lands on my toe and I had to go to Kaiser, get it sewn back on basically. Yeah. Good Lord. Wow. I was a mess at a bod, you know, a body cast. I had something on my foot. It looked like I'd been in a car accident or a plane wreck or something. I knew theater was um, dangerous, but damn. Mm. <laughs> what was your first Be show? Careful you when remember? you ask askers. It was 
No, it was Fumed Oak by Noel Coward. Good. Wow. It was a one act. Uh Yes, it was a one act. And it was about this family that hated each other. It was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was, it was funny, but it was also like kind of depressing. So like Virginia Woolf or uh, a comedy? comedy Yes. Yeah. Yes. In England, (laughs) in post-war England. Uh, So that was my first play I directed. And I also directed another play in high school, uh, Odd Couple. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Neil Simon, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, so uh, my senior year, we got a new drama teacher who was very strict and um, our previous teacher had been like very much like feel the sky, let's do improv. And um, uh, I didn't resonate with that very much. Um, Mm -hmm. But the next teacher was very strict and he was like, we're not doing a musical this year because you guys don't have the discipline for it. And we'd have to go up and do sonnets on the main stage. We had this WPA theater, really beautiful theater. Uh Um, And he'd be in the back and he'd be like, I can't hear you. I can't understand you. Um, And that's when I was like, oh, you have to work at this. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like this. This is something that is a craft that you learn. It's not just you have it or you don't. Right. Uh, So, um, after that, uh, I took a gap year uh, after high school um, because I had gotten accepted to a couple of schools oh. and my parents said, we don't have the money for it. Right. Um, I got accepted to Harvard. Ooh. Oh, wow. Brown. <laughs> Wait, my parents Harvard were like, where? Oh, Brown. Brown. Second one? Brown. Yeah. Brown. Nice. And my parents oh, shit. said, uh, we didn't think you'd get in. Sorry, we don't oh. have the money. I'm one of seven. Um, yeah, so what happened after so the gap year then? I went to LA City College Theater Academy. Uh, wow. It was a three-year theater academy that, you know, was close to nothing uh, in terms of money. And right. I lived at home and um, uh, learned a lot. Uh, and got out of that, um, I got to direct again, uh, but mostly did theater, uh, did acting. Mm-hmm. Then um, um, s- started trying to, to get my foot in the door. In LA. In LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I don't mean to laugh at you, it's just... Good Lord, you know, and, that, and is, that, that is its own little trial. And that would be in the 80s, right? Is that, is that the timeline? Yeah, 1979, 1980, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting times yeah. at that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there was actually a SAG strike going on at the time. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, so I was doing a play that was getting dramalogue awards and all kinds of praises, and I was not able to get a single freaking agent to come to the show um i was also taking class with michael shirtleff Uh who wrote the book audition yeah and uh uh, i was outside with a bunch of other actresses and young women and they were all really skinny 
and I was having coffee and a donut and they were all talking about their diets. And I just right. thought, this is not for me. I need to get out of this place. Yeah, LA, <laughs> this LA is not is my, yeah. yeah, this is not my tribe. This is not my tribe. Um, so I started auditioning for schools and huh? I wanted to do like one more year. So I auditioned for a couple of schools and I got accepted at the Drama Studio of London and Seattle. And um, I liked Drama Studio because it was only one year. And uh -huh. I felt like that's what I hadn't left in me school-wise. Right. So I came up here and I have not been able to leave. <laughs> what school brought you up here? Uh, school brought me up here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was the Drama Studio of London at Berkeley. And it oh. was, the school was right off of university. Um, oh. uh, Molly Noble, uh, yeah. local actor. Yeah, she yeah. was at school, Force Whitaker was in the wow. class right behind us wow yeah uh -huh. yeah N nice guy really mm -hmm. nice nice guy uh an amazing singer he wow we did a audition for um we did wizard of oz and his audition he sang my girl acapella uh -huh. and it was i still remember you know i get shivers thinking about how good he was he was just i was just like <gasps> he's so talented but he's black and he's chubby and he has a wandering eye. What chance does he have? But he's so tough. <laughs> we, we do, we're, you know, it's funny. If you stay in the business long enough, you start watching those folks that you saw, you remember. I mean, this year, I don't know if we talked about it last year, week, but on the, uh, the Emmys, um, the young woman, Z Zendaya? Zendaya, yeah, yeah that's right. yeah. Yeah, and you know, is from here, and and people remember her, and remember her coming up through the ranks, and you know, here we are, but this is going on around us. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Robert Molly. Molly teaches well. at a um, at a Marin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, College of Marin. Yeah, yeah. Susan Evans was also in my class. Oh, uh, Susan Evans, Eastender. Yeah. Yes, Matter of fact, yes. I'm working. I'm working with her now on the Brick oh, Project. I'm I'm yeah. jealous. I love Susan. She's one of my favorite people. I'll I'll tell her. I'll be talking with her tomorrow. I'll tell her that I that you say hi. Oh, definitely. Ah, good. Hi, Susan. Good. Hi, um, Susan. So you got done with school and you found yourself stuck in the Bay Area. Why didn't you get out? Get the hell out of here. Um. Well, I stuck around because I wanted to get my equity card. Uh, mm. I did get my equity card after maybe uh, two or three years. Um, uh, did a show with the magic and that got me my equity card. Um, mm. and I was working a lot. I was doing like four or five shows a year, a lot, a uh -huh. lot, a lot. Uh, um, uh, and this was in my late twenties and my then husband and I decided we were going to move to New York. He was a playwright. Uh, I was an actor and we were going to make it and do it and do our big move sure. and right before we moved i had a, my first midlife crisis and i was like i can't move i can't be married to you <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, met my second that. husband and within like a year and a half was pregnant with my first daughter <laughs> wow yeah yeah you and just took a 10 year here is that is that what kept you yeah, I, 
I used to do Renaissance Fair and travel up here from LA to yeah. do the Northern Renaissance Fair. Right. Uh, and um, I lo always loved the Bay Area. I just loved it. I you know drive through and I'd be like, I want to be a starving actress in the Garrett. <laughs> We got Garrett. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do any directing so during stayed? those early? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. Good question. Yeah, I'm just going to ask. Did you? Because uh, it sounds like you started directing and then you went into acting. Did you? Did you miss directing and those uh, those early days of you sort of getting in the theater, or were you sort of on the acting track? I was on the acting track. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed directing. I knew I never wanted to stage manage. I did that once and I never wanted to do that again. Right. Um, but I did enjoy directing. Uh, uh, I enjoyed telling people where to go. Um, I have a vague memory of directing a play in uh, our garage when I was like seven or eight uh, huh. that I wrote. <laughs> and then I really liked that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, once I started into theater school, I really liked acting. And yeah. once I got out of my body cast, too, I was like, I want to act. Um, uh. Well, what shifted, <laughs> you, what shifted you to directing? So one thing we didn't say is, so I met you through Each One Reach One, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So, Actually, and I love no. this. All of, all of my alums, all my each one reach one alums, I love when somebody asks, how'd you guys meet? And it's like, uh, Juvie, right? Juvie. Yeah, we were in Juvie. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, uh, we actually met when you were doing something with Shotgun. It was. Oh, Man and Superman? Man and Superman. Yeah, yeah. Good God. Yeah, that's when I first met you. Uh huh. Yeah. Long time. Oh gosh, I, I yeah, I can't even remember how long ago. <laughs> but yeah, we met through that, and it was weird because each one reach one pulls in these theater artists. But who are you? What do you do? There's actors. There's some writers, not many. Um, some directors, and then some uh, the occasional educator or whatever that all get thrown in this mix. So when we met, I was like, I don't know who you are, but we all get thrown in that mix. And suddenly somebody's saying, read this, <laughs> read this <laughs> off the page that some teen has scrawled out and make this character come to life. Yes. And, you know, immediately it was like, you know, you were on it. I was like, oh, who are you? Cause damn. <laughs> Big choices. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I hadn't even thought of it that way. Yes. Big choices. But yeah, that, you know, that was, to me, when we talk about theater, and it's funny, I was talking to somebody recently, and the professional, uh, oh, I, <laughs> I got in trouble on the audition page yesterday on Facebook. Ooh. Because it was yet another project, and it's Oh, I saw the post. What? I saw the post. Go ahead. Oh, you saw that. Non-union, no pay. And I'm just tired. I'm tired of seeing this shit. So I was finally like, could somebody make a page where for the folks, for the projects that are actually paying anything, anything, I'm not talking union, just paying. And boy, I got a couple of people kind of sniping back at me. And I'm like, you know, doesn't equity have that? Actually, equity does. And that's fine. But they're all, there's a whole spectrum of theater and I would like to be able to have a conversation with those folks that are somewhere else on the spectrum. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm not a snooty equity actor where it's got to be a union project or I can't do it. Yeah, as an actor, actually, yeah, you got to. <laughs> we have to have that conversation. We have to have that communication. But as a director, I mean, I don't find I have that problem at all. I don't know how you how you've navigated that zone uh, about whether or not actors get paid and, and the equity non-equity. Since you are equity, oh. um, the directing doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Well, or... partly. But I mean, directing does because you're either directing a show that has some kind of willingness to, to have that conversation or absolutely not. Yeah, I, I won't work if there's no pay for the actors. I wouldn't. Yeah, I just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had, don't think I've ever done that since Good. high school, college. Yeah, yeah. It's. There's always been, you know, even if it's a, you know, a hundred dollar stipend, uh, yeah. there's been something, there's been something. Rich oh, both- that's not true. That's not oh, true. Okay. Tell, tell, tell. Subterranean Shakespeare used to do readings and they refused to pay actors. Right. Um, they refused. So wow. I would give every actor. Yeah. 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 I would give every Stanley, actor a chocolate right? bar. It was Jeff Pond. Under, oh, with, oh, Jeff Pond. Yeah. 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 No, so I, I Reg and I both got invited into a project recently. I guess you never got the email. Right, right? No. Oh, uh, what, um, oh, what is it? Uh, the, there was a project, uh, the Alameda Group, the Alameda Play Reading Group, is doing yet another August Wilson. And I think they had the wrong email address for you, but they sent to both of us inviting us in. I told you, and you were like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, okay, well, then I won't oh, bother. Oh, okay, it's been a while back, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but a couple of weeks. They weren't paying. Right, and, well, they pay a stipend. And, again, I'm okay with that. Like, I worked with Plethos. Plethos does not pay much for their actors. In fact, they won't make a commitment to paying their actors. They say they want to do it. That's their commitment is we hope that we can do it. And I'm like, I hope you learn as a producer at some point that if you don't set your goals, then you never attain them or you attain them and it's a surprise. And you're like, oh my God, we got that. No, make that a plan, aim for that. But even within that situation, because they were willing, I pushed and they were willing to go, okay, well, we'll make as little commitment as possible, but they made a commitment. Because I'm like, no, I'm not going to ask people. I'm going to direct a show next year, and I'm already nervous about who I'm going to invite in because I don't think the theater company pays very much. Yeah, because mm-hmm. as a director, I'm sure you're undercut with, with the talent that you get. It's almost like football. It's like, you know, you can't get the first-round draft picks because there's no money. And, right. you know, what actors can you recruit? Well, if- not just first round. Angelo, um, yeah. this wonderful actor who lives in the Central Valley or lives, you know, south of here in sort of Central Valley, like, in the boonies from Gilroy. Yeah. You know? I don't consider him a first-round draft pick. <laughs> no, I, he's great. Yeah. But he's, A, he's not equity, so I don't have to worry about that. If I'm in a non-equity show, I can have that conversation with him. But if y'all are talking about literally something like $50 or $100, I can't ask anybody to commute for a whole rehearsal process for that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. not going to pay their, their commute. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And I'm sure, Kachi, you've had to deal with that as a director where you're not oh, only yeah. having a conversation with actors, but also with whoever's producing the thing to say, hey, listen, 
you may have expectations, but there's something you have to give more, you know, whether it be money or resources or whatever to make this thing realistic. Have you had those difficult conversations? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a theater company that uh, I did a lot of work for that I really love. Um, but the, the pay for directing was not covering my commute. Right. And, and it would kill me because they would offer me these great shows, you know, uh, wonderful. I love the shows they picked. But, like what? Like what? You don't have to name the company. Uh, but what shows? Uh, Eurydice. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Albie. A lot of Albie. Um, uh, so I got some great opportunities, but I finally came to the point where it's, I... I have to love a project and I have to not lose money right? Uh, because, you know, I'm an abuela. <laughs> yeah. I got a grandson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I've I got think, really old friends. Yeah. I think there's a big difference between a theater company that's new and they don't have the money right now, but they're working on it. Like they're trying to get their grants and 501ks or, you know, whatever it is to, and then there are companies that, to be quite honest, they just abuse, you know, the well, Once you get past two seasons, three seasons, once yep. you get past three seasons, you have some sense of stability. If you're doing that on the backs of your actors and your artists, that's not stability. Right, exactly. Yeah. I can think of one company that's been around for at least 20 years or whatever, even has their own house. They don't have to rent their own space. And they still are paying only stipends. And I'm like, I'm not, working. I'm not working with those folks anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, and I get with those play people. I'm, I'm trying to learn to be respectful. So the woman in Alameda and I went back and forth because I basically what I learned to say is I'm not going to say no, I won't do it. I'll say these are the things that need to happen f in order for me to be able to do this. This is what I'm uncomfortable with. Can we have a conversation about that? If you can make me comfortable, that's great. If you're willing to have a dialogue about how we could make this work, that's nice. But if you go, oh gosh, no, I don't know. I don't, we haven't done that. Okay, you haven't done it. If you're not willing to consider it now, then thank you for this conversation and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Katya, what, uh, what companies have you worked with that, you, that you've uh, really bonded with or um, that, I don't know, you've had the best experiences with? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, one of my favorite experiences was uh, a recent one with the now defunct Quantum Dragon Theater, uh -huh. uh, Sam Tillis. Um, just because, and in that, my stipend was low, but uh, I was able to, uh, because my commute, I could walk to the rehearsal. It didn't matter. You know, I was, it was like, okay, I love this project. You know, the stipend will more than pay for my commute. Uh, um, so, and just the way they, they approached the play, even though they were a new and small theater, they had production meetings, they had, you know, they were very thoughtful about their process. Uh, and uh, did pay their actors. Um, and I was able to turn this story. Um, it was about a woman who could take a pill and um, 
not age. The whole society could do that. And one woman decides not to. Oh. So her mother is the same age, but you have this one character played by three different actors. And um, uh, I talked to the playwright and said, okay, you don't say what ethnicity, I really want to keep this open. Uh, uh, can I cast it any way I want? And she said, no. Oh. But you have to keep a unity. I don't care how you cast it, but if it's all Asian, whatever. Uh, oh, they all to do had that. to be. So, they all had to be of yeah, a group. Okay. Of a group, yes. So I cast it Latina, Latinx. So, <laughs> so I was like, because I have uh, no actors who I could say, I, this is a good project. Come in, read for this. Uh, um, I got the talent I needed. Uh, and I was really happy with it. <laughs> I was, I just, I loved working on the play. I just felt utterly supported as a director. Um, and it's where, really where they, sad. Where were they housed? They most, they went all over the place. The last place they were was Potrero Stage. Uh, oh. oh, where the playground is, okay. Yeah. yeah, I love working with Playground too. I love, Playground's a, you know, a big part of my, my directing story. Uh, yeah. I, I, once I started directing again, um, they were the people who said, hey, you want to direct with us? And this yeah. was back in 2003. So It was uh, funny too, and that was, we reconnected because I didn't see you as much with each one reach one and now I'm, I, I get the occasional email inviting me to something and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that, <laughs> used to do that. I, I think that's done now. <laughs> Well, but it was neat to find that we were in the pool together and then neat also to find out that you and Robert were so connected. Yeah. Yeah. So Robert Estes, um, Anton's Well is, you know, small company here in the Bay Area and, you know, suddenly My I was like, sweetie. wait, I know you. <laughs> yep. Robert and I bonded and it was like pretty quickly, I felt like we were bonding and then suddenly it was like, oh, wait, wait a minute, your partner's Katya? Oh shit, um, this is gonna be distracting as hell because I, I really wanna to talk to you, but I really wanna to talk to Gotcha too. Wow, what a small world, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. fantastic talking to Robert and uh, obviously Anton Well is doing some magnificent stuff. Really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, and doing readings yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, when you had mentioned 2003 and the um, and the Patero stage, yeah. that was, um, they called it the Thick House back then. And I remember being on stage there, we uh, EastEnders rent, rented out the Patero right. Hill stage. We did four monologues in three hotels. It was a play by John Robin Bates about an individual who, it was, he, was, he was selling um, Similac or uh, some sort of a baby formula. <laughs> oh, uh, folks three hotels? Yeah, three hotels exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah, it oh, it's a fa I, I would love to see it again. And oh. Craig Sousa. Yes, Craig Sousa yes. and Michael Greeley uh, was in that. And oh, really oh. moving. I've directed her. I've directed her. She's Michael, wonderful. yeah. What a small world. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, I directed very early on. We, I actually took a ten-year break from theater, and when I came back, uh, after about a year of acting, I started directing, uh, and. EastEnders was the second place I directed with. Oh yeah, Shotgun well, was you, the first. What did you do? What did you do with EastEnders? I did a, a one act 
Tennessee Williams, talk to me like the rain and let me listen. Uh, it must have been the 10 by 10, or I know they yeah. were doing these yes. uh, series. Yeah, 10 by 10, I think. Yep. And yeah, that was the, the first play I directed. Uh, and then the second was uh, The Winged Man by Jose Rivera at Shotgun. Another one act. Wow. Mm. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you find navigating because the bay area the theater scene is so broad i mean there are just so many little places where people are doing theater how do you navigate that as a director i feel like as a director i've been really fortunate in that uh people have come to me to ask me to direct i have not been, you know, a big promoter as a director. Uh, um, and that's part of the reason I phased out acting because I did not enjoy the audition process. And I just uh -huh. found like, um, I was always struggling and, and getting rejected. <laughs> right. But um, with theater, it has, with directing, it's just landed in my lap, quite honestly. Mm. I've been really lucky, really lucky. Uh, and I've made the most of my opportunities, you know, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, directing, I actually started in directing because I was a single mom oh. and if I was directing, I could bring my kids to rehearsal. So <laughs> it was just this and still do theater. So it was right. this practical thing and being like, and I'm still telling a story. Um, so right. it was a practical thing that made me realize, hey, I really like this. I, this is, this is, uh, I'm using different neurons uh, and I'm getting to tell the story in a more uh, holistic mm -hmm. way where I'm, I'm, I'm pushing more things. Uh, I have more of a, the vision. I'm not total control ever because I'm, I'm really collaborative and mm -hmm. uh, and um, I'm also, I realize you never have total control. Right. Uh, Say more about the collaborative thing, though, because it's funny. I'm now teaching a directing workshop, and and it was one of the first, I think it was the thing I said on day one, and then I realized that's a difficult concept to understand because it sounds so altruistic. Like, I'm just going to benevolently sit back and, and make sure that everybody gets to be a part of this. And I think the reality is something way different. You get into a certain situation and things that seem like they're useful or are working are the places where you're like, oh, yes, let's, let's encourage this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's also realizing I'm not necessarily the smartest person in the room uh, oh. and uh, that, other that what other people bring to the table is, is probably more, you know, if if I really give an artist the room to grow, they'll surprise me and mm -hmm. bring things that I didn't know, you know, would happen. Uh, that just us gathering in a room, there's magic that happens. And then, right. you know, once they bring me something, I can go, let's push it this way. Let's push it this way. Let's amp this. Um, do, you, um, do you have tricks for encouraging or fostering that collaborative process? 
He, I, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, I like to. I don't like to do a lot of table work, but I do like to do a day or two of exercises. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I also am really careful in my, my casting, um, and uh, if I get a sense someone's a diva, you know, I would be like, I don't care how talented you are. Right. <laughs> You're not worth it. Right. Um, so I'm. <clears throat> I've got a really strong diva. <clears throat> Uh, barometer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember one of my first shows uh, with not one but two divas. Ooh, Ooh. rehearsals were just Ooh. tense Ooh. the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I, I had uh, two quick questions, if you don't mind, Norman. Yeah, yeah, please. Sure. Um, we've ha- we've had a couple of directors on, especially as we're doing this bad summit thing, and there's been a lot of talk about school how whether it's constructive how it helps an individual sort of get structure so that when they go either as an actor as a director as a creative there's some sort of a structure that they can bring from school to the stage but sometimes it can be have the opposite effect where you are locked in on a type of a theater let's say the classic way of doing theater Mm -hmm. and it could be alienating do you find um uh, what do you what do you think of the merits of school? I mean, we've even heard talk that school, depending on what school you go well, to. We had we've had a couple of people who've had no training. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And we've had some who have had training, but they've had very discriminatory, uh, um, I guess, reactions. Or right, let's say they went to the the uh, the institution and they were discriminated upon because they didn't fit, you know, their their type. Uh, what, is, what is your take on school? Is it important? Is it necessary? Has it helped you? Have you learned more from life itself? I, uh, well, as an actor, I thought school was really important uh, and training was super important. Um, as a director, it's hard to separate the two, actually, for me, uh, because um, I did one directing class at L.A. City College that was mm-hmm. designated directing. I remember close to nothing from it. <laughs> um, but I feel like I have, as an actor, I feel like I've definitely studied directors. Uh, mm-hmm. Reed Davis uh, was really, yeah, yeah I, really important to me as a director. Um, I did a Three Sisters with him, had a couple of really s- small parts, but I was like, mm-hmm. I wrote, I took notes. Susanna Martin, was that? another wonderful, when, when did I do that? Um, I mean, who was that with, Three Sisters? That was Reed Davis with uh, Shotgun. It was Shotgun, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, probably just after Man and Superman. Okay, um, yeah. Same, same era. Uh, Susanna Martin's another director who I, learned so much from acting with um and i've also assistant directed uh as recently as four years ago uh just because i like to be in a room and see what other directors are doing so it isn't school per se but it is education uh yeah and i think there's a lot of ways yeah 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 i've also done director's lab west which was so fun because mm-hmm. it was a group of directors and you never get a group of directors all there, right. you know, talking and, and, uh, 
and sharing viewpoints and seeing how many places there are uh, on, a, on a spectrum mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how people approach theater. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. The, the second question I have is, uh, it sounds like you've been directing for, I would say, 10 or 15, maybe even 20 years. And I'm sure you've seen a generation of actors. Um, huh. has, have you dealt with younger actors or have you, what have you seen as far as the generation of actors? Um, are they getting better or worse? Or are you seeing different acting <laughs> styles from acting schools? Uh, you know, what, what do you think of the newer generation of actors? Um, I think we've got some really great, great, I've gotten to work with Gianna uh, de Gregorio Rivera. Um, and there are a lot of, a lot, a lot of great actors coming up. And I think that's the thing about, if, you know, I took a 10 year break, I came back and I didn't know anybody. Mm. It, it, it's like the whole theater scene shifted in 10 years. Um, the thing I love about the Bay Area is there's always new stuff going on to suss out, you know? Um, and it's like, you know, every, every June, a new class comes from SF State or uh, people just coming in. Uh, so it seems like there's always just this, this great, great pool of talent that we have here. Um, and I love that, uh, you know, I remember when, uh, Ubuntu, which is now Oakland theater project, right. uh, first started and I was like, who are they? They're cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't put a real value except that it's a more diverse and, uh, and this diverser group expects to to have opportunity. They aren't like, okay, what can I get? It's like, no, we want opportunity. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they're more proactive. They they are more, um, you know, they they're things that they embolden maybe. Yeah. When you mentioned um, um, Eurydice, I was like, wow, because that. On so many levels, that's a young person's story, even though the father thing, I mean, that's the young person's story. If that's all it was, I don't think I would care about it as much. But watching this daughter trying to reconnect with her father, who's not all here because he's been drinking from the river of forgetfulness. Yeah. Um, you know, as an older person approaching these young yep. people's stories, is there something about it that draws you to that? Is there something that makes you go, oh, I really want to, you know, delve in this, in this realm? Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Eurydice went on uh, the original production. Um, oh. With Charles Shaw Robinson as the Was band. that at Berkeley Rep was the original production? Uh, well, it was that Berkeley Rep and then it went to New York and I saw okay, it. Okay, yeah, York. yeah, I saw, I did see it. And, and yeah. yeah, he was my favorite thing. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's always has to be something that, a shiver moment for me. That, mm -hmm. That's is where it just, I get the little shivers on my back of my neck and I'm like, ooh, this is what I wanna do. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. 
Did I answer that question? <laughs> so. well, I mean, it's, it's just funny to me um, because I find I'm also interested in stories of, of folks that are later in life, you know, grappling. You know, people seem to think that your life just starts to peel off and, and wilt after 30. And that's so not true. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited by those stories, but I also find that I love going back and dealing with young people. Um, I'm working on, uh, with a class that I'm working with right now, I'm working on Mr. Burns. Ah. And I haven't even read the play all the way through. And it's a mm -hmm. bizarre play set in the future. And the first scene that you encounter is a group of people around a campfire trying to remember Simpsons episodes. Yes. This one guy is trying to recount a Simpsons episode and everybody is chiming in. Yes. And I use this as my introduction to my directing workshop. Um, one, because I knew it would engage the kids. I knew that they would be excited about, you know, familiar with the subject matter. Um, all of a sudden, they keep hearing a sound. And the second time they think they hear a sound, everybody jumps up and weapons. They all have guns. Guns, rifles, everything. And the thing is, you don't really get a sense of how old they are through that first sequence. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, this will be appropriate for my kids. This will be fine. But when somebody says, oh, my wife, you know, blah, 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 I remember my wife. I'm like, okay, for you to be at an age where you've already experienced losing a wife, you can't be very young. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you've got to be a certain age. And yeah. yet... The way the play was structured, I was, and that's what we stopped and talked about the second day we were dealing with it. I said, I just want to stop and talk about the play because it's fun to watch people trying to remember this. When the guns come out, it becomes a very different play. And I said, and your yeah. job as a director is to think about what that means and what your job, what do you need to accomplish in that first section so that that moment reads the way you want it to read. You don't want the audience to suddenly go, wait a minute, I don't know what this is. I don't like this. You want the audience to go, whoa, what's going to happen now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great, great play. Great yeah, so to bring it back to the conversation about you're at this place now where, well, it's a, conversa it's a question that Reg likes to ask a lot about, the choices that you make. You know, mm -hmm. how much is it you get to choose the project and how much is it this is the project that's available and they're looking for somebody and you're interested? Do you find yourself more in one side of that equation than the other? Uh, where do I find myself in that equation? Are you picking the projects or are the projects just sort of landing in your lap? The projects are kind of landing in my lap a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have pushed projects, but a lot of times, the majority of the time, they're landing in my lap. Uh, and that said, I have said no, you know? That's, that was no gonna be my next question. So yeah, you still find, like, you yeah, find something play. about it that makes you go, yeah, I wanna. I want to do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it has to. It has to. Um, because, you know, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just has to have that, this, like, oh, I have to see this play. I have something to 
say in this play. Oh, that's you know? exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, so one question, sort of piggybacking on what Norma was saying, it's, it's hard for an audience to recognize the director as a artist because we see the actors on stage and uh, we, you know, we see the lighting and we see the music. But you're making a statement as a, as a director, uh, even if you're given a, a play that you didn't even choose, but you're making the choices as far as, you know, the arc and the direction that you give. When people see a Katja Rivera play, what statement are you making? I mean, are, uh, it, have you even thought about that? I mean, is there a sort of uh, uh, a signature Katja Rivera play? Hmm. <laughs> For a while, uh, I had a rolling chair theme. <laughs> rolling chair. There was That's always cool. a rolling chair. Uh. Yeah, chairs on rollers. Um, uh, I. No, that's, a, that's an interesting. I, I, I do tend to uplift and push both Latinx actors and Latinx stories. Um, uh -huh. So it's rare that I have a play where there isn't a Latinx actor. Um, and uh, that's been since day one, since day one. Um, I think, yeah, I think because I really, another, there are a couple of things that influence me as a director and, and that are not about directing at all. One is being a mother and learning how to work with people and how to get the most out of them, which is usually with sugar, I find, rather than vinegar. Um, uh, but also as a body worker, uh, there's a way in which as a massage therapist, I'll put my hands on someone and they, their body will tell me where I need to work. And I feel like with each play, I'm the same way. It's like, I, I feel like I have to really listen to the play. And another thing that I don't ever remember hearing anybody say, but is truly part of my process is, I don't like reading plays. <laughs> oh. uh, I, when I'm doing a play, I, can only, I can't read any fiction. Uh, because I can only have that story in my head. And I have a lot of resistance to a script when I know I'm going to be, you know, doing in that, this world for two to three months. Originally, initially, I'll be like, ah, ah, and then, you know, I realize, okay, I've got to sit down and, and do the work. And then I'm just like sucked in. Um, and it's at that point where I'm really like listening and I will get images and, um, uh, about things I want. Uh, a lot of times it's around costumes to tell the story or music sound is really important to me. Um, uh, so I'd say sound is an element in, in my plays. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I just feel like each play has its own story to tell. And um, I don't have a real signature. Uh -huh. um, because I'd, I feel like that'd be me getting in the way of the story. Right, uh, yeah. You don't want it to be the Katja Rivera Shakespeare. Yeah. You want it to be whatever it is. What, what, we are in this crazy ass period where knowing what's next is sort of up in the, <clears throat> up in the air. Where do you, what do you see 
you know, as trying to take next steps in terms of making theater, where do, where do you see yourself moving or who do you see doing something that looks like a way forward? Oh boy. Um, I think that we're going to be doing a lot of live streaming for the next year, you know, yeah. even if we get audiences in, um, and uh, I, I'm interested to see the creativity that's going to happen around that. <clears throat> um, Is anybody doing live a... that you think it makes sense, <clears throat> like that you would dare go to right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, it's, a, it's a dangerous time. <clears throat> They'd have to have like a plastic shield, you know, in, in front of the stage. It'd have to be like <laughs> just plexiglass. So I'm figuring it's going to be outdoors, and I'm and I'm trying to wrap my brain around possible possible outdoor projects where people can still be safely distanced, but yeah. enjoy the show. But no, we, we are definitely in that era. So then, what do you do next if you're, you know, waiting for theater to come back? I'm writing. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm writing. I did a uh, project with Evelyn Jean Pine, mm -hmm. who's also in the playground pool. We wrote a play and <clears throat> sorry, I got to drink some water. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's called the Invisible Project. Uh, and we got a cash grant to uh -huh. do development on it. So we're, that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and Michelle Talgaro is directing it. Her birthday uh, is coming up. She's on my birthday list. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and we've got Wilma Bonet and Yay! Tessa Conan Martinez yeah. and uh, Keiko Carrera and Damn. Leticia Duarte. Uh -huh. and oh, Leticia, right on. Lisa Wang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've worked with her a couple times. Yeah, I love working with her. Sounds like quite the project. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's. Do you have a date? We start rehearsal on Thursday, uh, October twenty fourth. We're doing uh, oh, sweet. Uh, a Zoom, and we're doing you know a theater authority. Yeah, so, right. Uh, so it's equity it's for yeah, or it's yeah, equity so approved. It's, yeah. Yes, yes. So it's we're paying everybody though fifteen an hour. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we need a link. That sounds great. Yeah, I will. send us send us a link, and we'll uh, we'll definitely um, promote it. So yeah, how are you going to stay yeah, sane? I'm I I don't know if Rich has another question, but my final question with this is: How are you going to stay sane as we move forward? You know, are you you're obviously holding on to some idea that we can still find some way to do theater? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, writing, definitely writing. Um, I lost two projects because of, uh, of the pandemic, but uh, one of them, you know, uh, was with Anton's Well yeah. uh, and D Douglas Morrison. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that we can do that. Uh, that was Fafu and Her Friends by Maria yeah. Irene Fornas. Yep, yep. I want to do that. I really want to do that. Play. It's been a while since yeah. it's been done around here, I think. Yeah, yeah. I did it in college, so now yeah. I want to direct it. <laughs> so, yeah, this gives me a chance to, you know, dive into what, you know, stories that are 
uh, important. And um, with Shotgun, I'm working on their EDI committee uh, and with Playground. So the theaters that I've traditionally right. been with, I'm like saying, part of the group that's like, let's do this. Come on, guys. Right, right. Here are some <laughs> ways that you can actually accomplish this. Because these yeah. are nice ideas. <laughs> let's let's yeah. actually do something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the last question that I have, and thank you so much for being on. How has the Bay Area treated you as, as an artist? Are you getting the most out of it? Are you frustrated or are you satisfied? Um, how, do you, how do you feel about how the Bay's treated you? Uh, and you can be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. My first reaction is, you know, I really don't have too many complaints because I feel like I feel like I haven't worked that hard to get the opportunities. So I've been very okay. fortunate. Uh -huh. um, I remember having a conversation with Don Monique Williams before she went off to school and she was like, how do you get work? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, it happens. I don't know. Right. Um, so I feel like I've gotten, I've been as busy as I wanted to be. Uh, and I've gotten to tell stories and it doesn't matter to me at this point in my life, whether or not it was at the Douglas Morrison or Berkeley rep, it really doesn't, mm. you know, if the fact that I got to tell mm -hmm. the stories is the important thing, not mm -hmm. where. So I feel like I've had opportunities. I have had a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. and so what if it wasn't with Berkeley Red? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think that just for me, the work has been the important thing, not the, you know. Uh, not the prestige. Not, not the prestige, yeah. Yeah, so thank God because, you know, I haven't wanted to do the things like go to school or, or move to New York that would have, you know, pushed me to maybe a higher level. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. I, I love my life. I, I love where I've been, you know. I've had a lot of opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to know somebody who feels sane to me who is committed to doing this work because those two things don't seem to go together all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this, this, I mean, this art form, it can be crazy making, you know, if yeah. you tie your ego to it, if you tie your self-worth and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you gotta gotta remember to do the other things we should keep you on the list for for uh, february for valentine's day because we don't have a ton of theater couples yeah that's right we got to get you and uh, robert estes on to uh ah, tell us a love story <laughs> furby as i call him <laughs> yeah and I, and I and i take it he's doing well how is he doing how's robert doing he's doing good he's doing good he's He's planning. He's making plans. He's reading a lot. <laughs> he's got yeah. plans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's getting some ideas going. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to figure it out. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, we've hit the one hour mark. So uh, shout outs, birthdays. Yeah, birthdays. Um, I'm going to try and skip the names that I think that you have. And <clears throat> if you if you skip, if you miss them, I'll, I'll come back in with them. Uh, Angela Madura was a student at Mills College when Oakland Public Theater was in residence there. And she became our stage manager. Um, really, actually, she was more like the um, production, not production manager. She was the facility manager, really. But she did so much to help us. And now I think she lives in Oregon and is a mom. <laughs> Life changes. I'm not sure if she's doing theater at all anymore. But anyway, that's her birthday's coming up. I think it's today. Uh, Tanya Schaefer's birthday is coming up. Um, if people don't know Tanya Schaefer, they really should. She is a wonderful performer and singer and playwright and i think that's what she's mostly known for is being a playwright um she's written a bunch of pieces that have not only gotten attention here and even been produced at berkeley rep but um have gotten some attention in new york and she's she's a hustler and in the best way uh, melvin i'll you know melvin but i already said i know melvin, melvin Baldiola, yeah yeah melvin, melvin Baldiola, uh his birthday's coming up uh i'll skip past that. Josh Marchese, um, his birthday's coming up this week, major director in the Bay Area. Alan Manalo, and I wasn't sure if you'd have him on your list. Alan Manalo is one of the people who, if they didn't found One, one of the founders of Bindlestiff, yeah. Yeah, they, they lifted it up. They definitely, by the time they got that new facility, it was people like Alan. And, and honestly, I went to see a show that they had produced over here in the East Bay, tiny little show at a community center. It really was not even a theater. It was a room. It was like a cafe. Um, and it was amazing. It was such a gorgeous show. So well put together. And I was like, you know, there's the way where we want to tell our stories. We who are not the mainstream want to find ways to tell our stories. And too often it becomes some sort of diatribe or, you know, political whatever. No, they made really incredible theater. And Bindlestuff has grown out of that. So Alan Manalo... Uh, somebody I went to high school with, Cecile Alessi, which is not what her name was when we went to school, but we did a high school theater together. Her birthday is this week. Um, and a woman I know as Sonia, who is not listed as that on Facebook, but uh, Sonia Bellevue um, is somebody I met as a model. And then she asked me to do a theater piece with her. And we did this gorgeous little piece at uh, Counterpulse before they moved to their new space. Um, Ruben Castro is a theater artist who I know through Richard Talavera. His birthday is coming up this week. Uh, but Ruben, Ruben is, uh, Spanish. So he has actually been here to visit in the last fucking month because he has <laughs> dual citizenship. So he can actually travel back and forth where nobody else, Americans can't go to Spain. Spain won't let you come to America. But if you got that dual citizenship thing. And yeah, he's a, and as in addition to being a performer, he is also a creator. He's a writer, director. Uh, Jamie Mulligan. Jamie, I knew from the Magic Theater as a tech person. And then we got pushed together when the Noodle Factory, that brief, shining moment of a performance space in West Oakland, um, he, we all got pulled together. And he was the first one, smart man, to go, you know what? This does not look like it's sustainable. And he stepped away. <laughs> very politely like he did it in such a dignified way i learned from that um but anyway he's bay area he's his birthday's coming up this week uh michelle talgaro 
who I we should go on the show at some point. We went to um, SF State together, and she has been she has been one of those few people like me who has just been in it and continuing to do it. Uh, Regina Moranis was the lead on the show As You Like It last summer. <clears throat> that was how I met her, only to find out she's been in it and doing it for quite a while. Kamika Hartford is somebody that I met when she was a young woman and not Hartford. It's so funny to find people's married names. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, beautiful young actress, really talented. And final, final one I have is Bob Webb. Bob and I know each other. We met through the Bay Area Models Guild. He is a model. I'm a model. That's how we met. And then we got to do a couple of shows with Word for Word. He was and is an incredible stage manager. And, um, and he's got this voice for radio. Oh, my God. You hear Bob's voice and you just want to do whatever Bob says. When Bob says, well, kids, I guess that's it for the day. You're like, oh, we're done. I, I've, just been, I've just been in a very friendly way invited to go home. On the other hand, well, kids, you know, it's time for this. You know, he just has this voice that just makes you, you want to perk up. It's, you're the RCA dog. Suddenly your ear is up and you're like, oh. So those like are my birthdays for the week. Sounds like Burl Ives. Yeah, it, it takes talent to do the uh, voice acting. He's definitely got that voice, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, you took a couple of mine, but that's okay. There, I had a lot of uh, Ellington uh, friends. I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts in D.C., and there are a couple of them whose uh, birthdays. Um, Miracle Austin, uh, she is an undergraduate. She graduated in 88, and I graduated in 87, and she's a wonderful actress. I'm hoping she's still involved. I'll, I'm always... Every time I watch TV or, you know, like an HBO special or whatever, I'll be like, oh, wait a minute. I recognize a schoolmate of mine. So in any case, Miracles, her birthday is tomorrow. Also tomorrow, Jay Cronengold. And uh, he Yay. is an actor, singer. He was involved in, uh, he helped in the development of My Play Foreman in Paris. He uh, did yep. one of the readings. And so I wanted to uh, celebrate him. <laughs> and also he and I were on Candide at the Douglas Morrison. Also, uh, Tanika Baptiste. I don't recognize the name. Maybe you do. Do you recognize mm -hmm. Baptiste? Okay. Mm -hmm. She's a Bay Area actor. Sometimes I have these people on my list. Right. I have no idea how they got on there. Uh, along with Alan Manalo, whose birthday is on Monday, uh, I'm sorry, actually on Tuesday, is Laura Zimmerman. And um, we were a casualty of COVID-19. We were supposed to do tiny, beautiful things at the Douglas Oh, Morrison. right. Yes. Yeah. And she was one of the actresses that uh, was hired to, uh, to do it. And she's a fantastic actress. She also did work in L.A., got frustrated, came to the Bay and found her community, found her, um, her uh, clan, her tribe. And uh, she's just magnificent. She's really, really good. And so I hope to see her on stage in the future. Her birthday is Tuesday. Mm. Also Tuesday, another Ellingtonite who's actually gone on to do big things, Lamont Rucker. Uh, he has been in a lot of the Tyler Perry movies, and he's doing all sorts of other great things. And he's one of the great uh, limelights of uh, Duke Ellington. You know, when we think of an alumni who's made it, like Dave mm -hmm. Chappelle and some of the others, we point mm -hmm. to Lamont Rucker. So his birthday's Tuesday. Also Tuesday, uh, another Ellingtonite, Tracy Jenkins. Uh, she was, I think, Miss D.C. of 1987 as wow. well. Wow! So, ah. There you no, go. It's got to be funny to look back and go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, when somebody says, mom, 
what you did that yeah oh (laughs) that was before you were around yes so that's uh tracy jenkins on friday uh we were talking about bendelstiff and how wonderful bendelstiff has been one of the actors on bendelstiff he's not even filipino uh davern wright uh and he uh is an actor yeah Uh, oh do you know davern oh yeah yeah I, I I don't know what he's doing these days, but he was such a great presence when we did Stories High, I think, 14. And uh, he and I acted, and uh, I know he had been, he was so, sort of a mover and shaker, you know, one of the actors who's always busy. But uh, I haven't heard his name uh, recently, but uh, he's a fantastic presence on stage, and his birthday is Friday. Mm. And the last, we had her on, uh, Maya Herbsman, and she is the um, the intimacy coach. And uh, she's oh, right. worked Yay. with a bunch. That's right. She's worked with a bunch of theater companies, really um, sort of preaching the gospel of having intimacy and being very careful about how to deal with intimacy in directing. Uh, and um, she's helped out a lot of theater companies uh, approach those intimacy scenes with the respect that it deserves. So her birthday is on Saturday. A week from uh, now. <laughs> Katya, are... you got any birthdays you want to add in or any shows that you're this thinking next about week? that you know are coming up? This next week coming up? Yeah. Um, well, actually, on October 13th, uh, my best friend from high school, it's her birthday. Uh, her name is Sydney Gilner, and mm. she named me Katya. Uh, hey. She's the one who named me. And uh, she was a script supervisor for many years, uh, is no longer doing that, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, love her dearly, and she's in LA, miss her. Right on. Shows, any shows, uh, Norman? Anything you got going I, on? I got nothing at this point. My show is done, Neighborhood Stories is done, um, Playground is about to announce, uh, actually weird, <laughs> the, um, the next, round will be on my birthday october 12th yeah. and i'm like oh well then y'all better put me in the pool damn it. yeah and the, <laughs> and, and the theme is um oh shucks um suffrage, suffrage. that's right suffrage. Oh, that's right suffrage so we will see who um, something we can all identify with exactly yes so that'll be uh october the 12th but we don't know what's you know who who the playwrights will what be shows, and the actors uh, and all play, the shows or whatever yeah, oh, shoot actors yeah. ain't even been communicated yeah central works uh they uh we've talked about bystanders so that's been extended once again to october the 4th uh that's tomorrow so tomorrow is the last day but who knows it may be extended again but apparently Mm -hmm. they're doing really really good that is uh and that has our one of our favorite actresses and directors uh kimberly ridgeway yeah he's involved in it so uh it is written by patricia milton bystanders uh directed by gary graves and yeah so that'll be um so and we'll have the uh, the link so you click on the link if you want to see the show and you can buy a ticket and uh the last day is tomorrow yeah th- i mean this really is traditionally that time of year where either show seasons are starting or it's just a dead time you know it's summer's done and now what and with everybody canceling seasons now what is a big question hopefully we can help answer that a little bit yeah and also um plethos productions uh tonight they're doing their joketoberfest ah! so you can buy a ticket uh if you need a laugh i think all of us can need a laugh right now uh they've got um some uh, really really cool artists who have been in the 
the uh, comedy um, circuit. So uh, you'll get to see some really top-notch um, act, uh, actors and, um, and jokesters. So we'll have the link there, clearthos.org, and you can find out about that. And also, I've talked about this, The Private Life of the Not-So-Master Race. That is a project that I'm working on, the Breck Project. Right. A lot of us ex-Eastenders, there's Susan Evans, there's Scott Munson, and uh, Christine Uren, Jean Mossy, and uh, a bunch of us. And I've written a piece on it, a Judicial Process, and Christine has written The Informer. These are adaptations. We're taking Brecht, and we're applying what's happening in the Trump administration uh, to text. And so- I did that in college. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, Brecht, yeah. As many that, else, that play, that play. Yeah, Fear and Misery. Oh, uh, which, which play is this? Private Lives of Master Ace. Yeah, yeah, there I you go. I was in The Informer. I was in a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Easterners, we did, that was one of the last things that we did before Easterners folded. That was in 2007. We did it at the Traveling Jewish Theater and the Jewish Community Center in the, uh, the Bay Area. But in any case, oh, wow. so that was in 2007, and now in 2020, we're reviving it again. And uh, the performances will be October the 27th, the 28th, and the 29th. We actually have dates now. So we'll have a oh, link. Yay! Yeah, exactly. So we have the link. Click on the link, and you can buy tickets and check us out. And I think that's it. Katya, I have one. Do you have yes, any? Yes, yes. Yeah, Katya, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, speaking of Kimberly Ridgeway. Uh, she's doing a stage reading on Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, with Contra Costa Civic. Nice. Uh, she, she's directing it. Uh, it's called Welcome to Madison by Inda Craig Gavan. And it has Dorian Lockhart. Wow. Big name. Yeah. Lockett. Uh, Umi Grant. Lockett. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Damaris DeVito and uh, April Duchle. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. And Damaris is actually involved in the Breck Project, too. So it's amazing how. Small world, the theater community, everyone knows everyone. And so, yes. uh, and I tell you, Kimberly Ridgeway, she's really working it. I mean, you think in COVID-19, actors would be sidelined. She has been either acting or directing in several, several, several projects. And yeah, it's, it's really, really awesome. Katya, yeah. did you enjoy yourself? I had a great time. I had a great time. I Thank finally, you. Finally, you know, I, now I really know you. No, it's fantastic. And thank you so much. It's, and, and of course, we could go on and on and on, but we want to be respectful of your time. Um, here's my usual blurb. You're probably watching this on YouTube right now. So please like and subscribe if you um, enjoy what we're doing. And if you have any uh, issues or questions or you have any comments, please, you know, give us our comments and, um, and we'll respond to it. We usually are pretty good in responding to comments. And if you're listening to us, we are on any app, any, uh, app, any um, um, I'm sorry, podcast app that you can listen to. We're on Spotify. We're on the purple uh, podcast app that you have on your iPhones. Mm -hmm. And if you're an Android user, you can go on to soundcloud.com or just go on the SoundCloud app download the SoundCloud app and you can find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Red Space Clay. I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Katya, do you have any <laughs> social media that uh, people can reach you at? Yeah, Katya Rivera at Twitter. Twitter, right on. Easy, easy enough. Thank you so much, and um, as Norman and I always say, 
we've got to find a better sign-off. And we are out. <laughs>